Welcome to the low bar, where we set the bar lower than a seesaw with a lone, portly child. It's because we're not allowed to say fat on live television. Uh, right. I'm Becca. I'm Emily. And in today's episode, we'll be getting to know some of our favorite people. And we'll also be playing an uber super special game with the whitest Morgan Freeman I've ever met. Hey, audience, you may be wondering why we're censoring that so-called name. And right. I want everyone to know that from now on, we will be referring to as some famous song named after illustrious women. Uh, I yeah. really this might disrupt your viewing. It might cause questions, but I'm really going to need you to look past it. I'm going to need you right. to look past it and move past it. Okay? Right. Don't think too much about it. Don't read too much into it. Um, but the reason is we've had some safety concerns mentioned yeah. previously. Um, yes. about by, by Mandy. Yes, yes. Uh, Jolene has had several concerns about how we talk about our fellow athletes, like the full names that we give. And, uh, you know, Cotton Eye Joe just needed to say very explicitly that he wanted some of that information redacted. So we'll be right. honoring their wishes and censoring yes. their name. Right. Um, Absolutely. But moving right along, it's quote time. It's the time where Emily and I bear each other's soul to each other. Yes. Uh, that was a lot of to each other's, but we're really together on this. Um, <clears throat> this this quote, I decided to share it in honor of his recent alleged divorce. So <clears throat> I'll go into it now. Okay. I won't go into a big spiel about reincarnation, but the first time I was in the Gucci store in Chicago was the closest I've ever felt to home. That was the uh, yes. Senor Kanye West. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> I I love this saying, like chess piece. Like I'm getting this tattooed on me. Like <laughs> I won't go into a big spiel about reincarnation. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Back up, please. But the first time I was in the Gucci store. <laughs> For mm -hmm. him to talk about, he's like, reincarnation. Is he saying that he was reincarnated to enjoy himself in the Gucci store? Or like, right, was, right. He like that's his soul. was he previously uh, a super expensive bag, a Gucci bag, and now he's kind of <laughs> Wow. That's really deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really deep, really insightful. Thank you, Becca. Yeah. I think it's time to move on to what I think is a much more important quote. Okay, that's your opinion. That's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, this quote uh, has no distinct author that I could find, seeing as I just found it. Uh, <laughs> we're back to our old in, ways. In fact, just found it, meaning when you said, we're going to share quotes, I said, oh, I didn't get a quote this week. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. here's, here's the quote I'm bringing to the table, and, and I'm going to have a really trashy segue afterwards. Okay. I think you're suffering from a lack of vitamin me. <laughs> and uh, the, here's how I got to this quote. Uh, you said something about quotes. I nearly pissed my pants, so I searched fun quotes <laughs> into, into the Google search bar. Is that a was, top fun quote? It was one of the top ones. I saw it. Actually, it's, a, it's the top if you go to images. 
That's uh, <laughs> sad. That, it's yeah. not even Valentine's um, Day yet. That's yeah. not even a fun quote. That's yeah. Well, well, here's how I'm going to, you know, connect it to me in some obscure way. Um, I am, in fact, lacking in many vitamins. It's a problem that I have. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm immunocompromised. <laughs> yeah, taking vitamin D on the daily. But I think someone, I think someone here could assist us with some life problems. Wouldn't you say, Becca? I think you're right. I think that we have found someone who can give us perhaps a, a shred more credibility than mm -hmm. fun quotes. Mm -hmm. A little can shed light into more life, more yeah. experiences than we have lived. And that right. person is Chris Kingston. Ironically, she's also the topic for today. I know usually we choose topics for our guests to talk about, but right, I just assume Chris is most comfortable talking about Chris. So our today's episode, <laughs> today's episode is going to be featured around her and whatever she wants to talk about today. Becca, you are so scared right now. I can see <laughs> in your eyes. You're like, what I, did I say? my address. What, what did I just say? <laughs> For those of you who don't know who Chris Kingston is, Chris K, we're just, we're really revealing all the information here. Uh, she, um, frankly, I'm not sure what she does outside of direct at CLC. I like to assume nothing. I like to assume that's it. Uh, but she, she directs, she's an amazing director at her school. Yep. Helps, helps out all the time. Excellent lady. Also married to, or I'm sorry, married to, Uma Thurman. <laughs> I'm sure her romantic life with Brandy it will be very insightful. But wait, wait, wait. Before we go, we have to clarify. Cool your jets. Your jets, audience. Cool them. I know. I know we're raring to go, but keep the yeah. horses. Keep them at bay. Because yeah. we have a question of Stabilize the week. Stabilize your horses, please. Thank for you. The question of the week. Our question of the week is, what's your best piece of life advice? And like we chose this question because I know Chris is just brimming with good information. She has lived a thousand lives, told a thousand tales, and I am so excited to hear what she thinks we yeah. need to hear. I'm, yeah. I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared. Yeah, and I'm very know, excited. We, we were kind of talking before how we have nothing to bring to the table in terms of life advice. <laughs> yeah. Know, it's just been us. And now it's time. Now it's time to bring in an outward source. Expand our horizons. Yes. <laughs> By the end of the podcast, I, I will be a new woman. I'll be 100 years old. <laughs> yeah. So to help us with our lives, here's our interview with Chris Kingston. Drum roll, please. Without further ado, we'd like to welcome Chris Kingston to the floor. How are you, Chris? Good. Thanks for having me. No problem. Now, I know some people might be wondering, they're like, usually you have a laugh lead on. And Chris, I know that you're not, I don't even want to say technically, maybe not mechanically, you are not a laugh lead, but in our hearts, you are. So there is a technicality in the clause that where I signed my soul over to, uh, let's see, uh, my Sharona. I signed my soul over to my Sharona and... <laughs> became a laugh-lete and decided yeah. to embarrass myself on this podcast. But there's a little clause that says that Chris Kingston is also a laugh-lete. 
she has a place in our lives. Right. So I'm very excited to have you on and help the audience understand how influential you've been. Yeah. So a day in the life, Chris. Let's get talking. Day in the life. Day in the life of me. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I think you meant to say Roxanne. <coughs> oh, oh, I have to use a... Yeah, famous songs named after very illustrious women. Okay, so Cotton Eye Joe that you said earlier really fits that bill. <laughs> well, yes. Josephine? Cotton Eye Josephine? I can't even tell you what the lyrics to Cotton Eye Joe are. So who am I to presume or misgender? Because we've never misgendered anyone before on this podcast. <laughs> Chris got that because she she's a real fan and listens yeah. to our podcast. She's the only person on who has been on our podcast who has listened to yeah. our podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's why I had I had no worries about coming on when you asked me because I can't really embarrass myself in front of 30 people. <laughs> oh, <that's okay. laughs> hey, hey, I have an exciting announcement. I have a very exciting announcement. In Ooh. our viewership, we can see the nationality, but not just the nationality, where they are viewing from. Right, right, right. We have, drum roll again, please, one viewer in Germany and one viewer in the UK. <gasps> to you peeps out there, what up, Holmes? We see you. We notice you. Guten Tag. Yes. <laughs> what is up, my mates? I am so excited to have Germans and the British people. I know we still have beef, but British people are welcome here. Beef with potatoes. <laughs> well, Chris, let's actually get talking about a day in the life of Chris, shall we? So, so how did you how did you get involved in doing theater at Central? How did that occur? Uh, that occurred when I had children and we were young, and because he had taken one dramatic lit class in college, was asked to take over theater directing at the high school. Because gotcha. that's that's all you need as a <laughs> prerequisite is one class in college. Oh my God. So um, he had been in sports, you know, coaching and whatever. And the kids were little, and it was a lot, and um, was stressed out all the time. And he had started doing this play stuff, and he's not a great organizer. So um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, let me just help you do some things, and then of course I have opinions and a yeah. voice box so um i would come in and i'd be like oh you should have them move over there like oh you know that sight line's bad or whatever yeah. and um so then i just started helping Ooh. and then at one point um they were like hey we got to do the the spring play now too why don't you direct the spring play and i'll direct the fall play and we'll just switch off and then when we have an argument it defaults to whoever is the director Right. And um, which is always me. But um <laughs> but yeah, I give them some wins every once in a while. And then Madrigals, um, the stodgy stories that you can purchase online were like the and so some of the ex improvers had started writing some of the madrigals, and so then I took that over and started using improvers that like to write. To continue mm. that so i was assistant director that made me then assistant director in fall play writing madrigals in the summer and then directing that um mm. in winter then assisting kim shear 
later Kim Share after Justin for a musical, and then Screenplay was mine. So I wow. felt like I became CLC Theater without <laughs> really trying, just oh. having a, a too large of opinion of myself and my thoughts and insinuating that all over the auditorium floor. Well, Sorry. I for one, I do not think, yes, you command the whole department, but mm. that is not a bad thing because I think sometimes mm. honesty is the number one thing needed in theater. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes when you go do shows with people and everyone's mm. so nice to each other and everyone's like, yes, yes, yes. like. I had someone tell me, maybe this connects to our life advice, but uh, a lot of times when people perform, uh, other people are like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Oh my gosh, that was so brilliant. Like people yeah. in theater are very, they have to be very open with each other or else you're never gonna be able to perform oh, your yeah. best. And a lot of people like to spend a lot of time uh, telling them how much of a good job they're doing, telling them how amazing they are. And yeah. I had this person tell me, they were like, Sometimes people are so focused on putting out good things that it distracts the person who is performing from like actually performing because they're so busy yeah. putting out for these other people. So mm -hmm. I think, Chris, one of the things I value the most about you is that you can be honest with people and you have such an open like personality. Like everyone feels comfortable talking to you. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes you might not think that, but it is true. Like everyone can just approach you and be like, I'm having trouble with this. I need mm -hmm. help with this. And it's like, that attitude is so much better than just yeah. putting out all this energy, like trying to tell people they're doing amazing, amazing things and then never trying to fix things to make mm -hmm. the best performance possible. I hear you. I also, it is also just happens to be a character flaw of mine <laughs> that I forget to compliment and only, I'm just a fixer. So I yeah. own in on problems and then I try to fix them. It's funny you had mentioned that people buttery up the person like, oh, your performance was so amazing because I have to remind myself to tell people when they're good yeah. because my typical thing is if I don't have anything to say to you, you must be great because you're not on my radar. Like my compliment mm -hmm. is me not talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes when people aren't doing well, um, and we are working on it and I see them getting frustrated, I do remind them that I'm doing this and that we're fixing this and we're gonna make you great because when your friends and family tell you you did great, I want you to believe them. Yeah. I don't want them to have to lie to you. So let's right. just be great and then right. everything's good. So right. yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> and like, you know, that's that's certainly in the personality of a of a good director, you know, just constantly fixing things like Achieving yeah. perfection. I think that can kind of suck when you are, because I think sometimes I, I too have that, you know, mindset. And it's like, when you know perfection cannot be achieved, you're like, ah, I'm so close. You know? yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes when I try to like fix things, like my, one of my biggest flaws is like, I, I don't realize that other people are not in my brain. Like, it's so hard for me oh, to comprehend yeah. that other people are not making the same assumptions I am. So one of the problems I have when I like direct or write things is that I just assume that the audience understands where I'm coming from. Yeah. And then I sound like really over the top dramatic when I try to explain things because I'm like, oh my gosh, you're not me. Like what? You didn't want to fix things like I did. This is crazy. Yeah. I remember the first time I met you, Chris, I, we were, I was at the, 
I was, it was my freshman year and we were at the uh, theater meeting for the first time or whatever, like the first theater meeting. And, and I was like, oh, I think I want to direct. I think that's something I want to be doing. And then, and so I went up to Ms. Shearer cause like I was in choir with her and I was like, so I think I want to direct. <laughs> and she was like, go, go tell Chris. I was like, who's Chris? And she's like, the lady with the purple hair. And I was like, okay, gotcha. And then so I, like, I went over there, literally nearly uh, piddled my pants, very nervous for some reason. And like, not because you were intimidating, but I was just like, I want to direct. <laughs> like, it was just such like an open and like broad thing to say. And I had no idea how theater worked at Central. And like, if you are a freshman at Central and you want to direct, it's just a matter of sticking with acting and then yeah. opportunities will pop up probably. Um, I did not know how it worked. And you said that same thing to me. And I was like, well, that's vague. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then and then I did end up getting like directing, directing. Yeah. So, and were it not for COVID, you would also have a writing credit for a madrigal. True, Chris. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't remember the first time I met you. I feel like I remember the first time we had a good conversation, which was when Radium Girls happened, and we did behind the stage stuff. And I was a very uh, ambitious sophomore. Precocious. Yes, I had a lot of ideas. But I knew that I was supposed to uh, politely be quiet because I was a sophomore. Like I was like, "Oh, the fall play—it's so illustrious!" Like I haven't—I had never been in a play before at Central, so I was like, kind of like what Emily was saying. I was like, I had no idea how this worked. Gotcha. What I did know is that I was very ambitious, and I thought that everyone read through the play and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> watch the movies and everyone yeah. <laughs> so I showed up there weighing way knowing way too much about radium girls yeah. and then I was just foaming out of the mouth to tell anyone and everyone I was like you know what would make people so much more sad you know what would make people so much more excited about dying girls clocks yeah. clocks like and I just remember now that I think back I'm like Chris how did you like ever speak to me again because like we, we were sitting there like painting stuff at set build and I was like you don't understand that the ticking of the clock the ticking of the clock will save the show that is just what I was about to say that I remember you like the clock's really important like the tick tick maybe that should be running underneath I just I, I am now remembering the conversation and I do think Chris, that when I was sitting there at set build, I demonstrated the sound of a ticking clock, which I just now I'm cringing at how unnecessary. I was like, you know, it'd be really helpful to tick, tick. Like. It was your passion that translated more than specific words for me. So that commitment, I was all in on you. Um, and and the only thing that ever, you're a taker over though, like you. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I come up. I probably came up as very abrasive there. I just. Sometimes it's it's hard for me to understand because I'm like I've been there. I made horrible mistakes when directing children. I'm, <laughs> I made like horrendous. Becca. Sorry, sorry. What? Let me rephrase. I chose wrong <laughs> shows, uh, chose the wrong music, and the show turned out horribly. Which mm -hmm. is like after doing it for like five years and doing it with kids, I'm like, oh, okay. If if you want parents to be pleased with the outcome like I, right. when I first started directing shows people are like oh parents just show up for anything they're right parents show up 
Uh, but we get emails. We get emails. Really? If, if their kids are not not in it enough, not doing it enough. Wow. Like the thing about kids is they really surprise you. Like there, yeah. there's a great tendency to underestimate uh, kids or teenagers. And I know this sounds naive because I am one, but the thing I learned the most about directing is it's like people just naturally gravitate to this ability to like show out, put in their all. And that's something that kids have in abundance, like to yeah. prove themselves. Same thing with teenagers. So it's like when you direct a show, it's not just uh, what show can just do this. It's like I a lot of people, pe people pick shows knowing what kids they're going to come in, like what talent's going to come in, which is important but like sometimes i feel like directing is so important when you're picking a show where it's like where's the most potential to show out because kids i think will always step up and fill the shoes to the best of their ability like yeah, yeah i would agree i think that musical is often chosen based on who do we have and yeah. what parts can be done and um i always want something fun and comedic and Craig always wants something thought-provoking and deeper and your radium girls and it can't happen here in Laramie project while those are all great shows they aren't something I would pick but like you said I did grow to love those and the challenges that those bring and like you said you have no idea who's going to show this emotion on uh, so much emotion or something and you try to yeah it's it's more fun to direct yeah yeah, and kind of in tune with that idea is I think you put a lot of faith in in your actors. Yeah. Or singers. <laughs> like like I, you know, just really give give a lot of rope in that in that sense, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. it's them that it's them getting looked at, laughed at, well, right. or cheered. Yeah. So it is on them, really. Because <laughs> well, right. I can always like, lie and be like, I did not tell her to do that. <laughs> right. I always right. have an out. <laughs> Right, right, right. Well, in terms of our question of the day, Chris, life, oh. box of chocolates, lemons, whatever yeah. connotation you have with life, there's usually some good, good, good advice that, <laughs> that, that, you, that you lead your life by. Yeah. What, Chris Kingston, is, is just one piece of advice that, that you like to live your life by or you think that young impressionable kids should should hear that touched you what is it i uh i grew up in a house where uh, my father thought you designed your destiny so spontaneity mm -hmm. is very well planned mm. yeah. so you know there's no wing in it and finding a hotel no you call ahead mm -hmm. and you make sure there's a hotel available da, da, da. right um and then then in, in a way I adapted that to, you know, hope for the best, plan for the worst, but hope for the best. Yeah. And I constantly kept expecting something and being upset because it never, never reached that expectation mm -hmm. or the expectation was altered because a wrench got thrown into the plans. Might only be a 15 minute delay. I'm in right. pieces. So what I have learned and what has really helped me from the idea that you design your destiny and only set goals and 
blah, 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 is now like no expectations. As soon as I eliminated <laughs> expectations, my life yeah. has been happier. So high intentions. I want certain things to come up, but yeah. I I don't I no longer expect anything to go my way. <laughs> and I do get my way fairly often, but yeah. losing the expectation of getting it has helped me not be a raging witch. Right. So the low bar. It's right up my alley. <laughs> I mean, we can joke about it, but that's that's pretty good advice. Because yeah, totally. That happens to me a lot is like uh, when you write a lot of things, you create a lot of things. It's like, I feel like I have a lot of ideas, and but then they never make it out because I have such high hopes straight out of the gates for said yeah. ideas, which I don't know if like getting rid of expectations is a uh, like a mentality that I can have when I'm like when I'm younger because I feel like I get so hopeful for things like I don't see things because I don't know everything. Not that adults know everything, but I don't right. have a whole picture. You haven't been burned enough to know <laughs> that that's reality. Yeah. <laughs> you still know. think that you're supposed to be happy every day. And what's wrong with me if I'm sad today? Well, you're just sad and that's yeah. called the human condition. One of, yeah. one of the, the saddest things about growing up is I, it doesn't like click in my brain yet. It'll click in like two years when I'm sad. But like right now it is hard for me to understand that adults don't have summer vacation. Because like they, they have jobs. Yes. I know I know that sounds yes. stupid, but it's like there's a mentality where I'm like, wait, why have we been? There's told, no three month break. Why why have we been told our whole lives that summer is there, but it's not summer for adults? Like it's right. not summer for everyone else. Like I just have to stop having a summer because I got old. I didn't control right. that. Like they oh. gave me this unrealistic expectations that summer is off, Christmas is off. People like only have Christmas off. They don't. Right. They don't have weeks of preparation. They don't have yeah. snow days. Like, and yeah. that sucks. That I'm like, that's gonna switch on in a few years. As I'm like, what is summer like? I, I work <laughs> all the time. I'm gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> well, that yeah, and your voice is gonna get significantly deeper as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was a lunch lady at PR. Yeah. Um, when my kids went back to school, my mm -hmm. girlfriend was the manager there and mm -hmm. that was one of my fun, most fun jobs I ever had. And, yeah. um, and, and the best thing about school is I'm the type of person that even if I had a full-time job once every two weeks, I'd be like, <coughs> can't, can't make it in today. <laughs> but it's really, I just, I can't do it. I can't get up and do the same thing every single yeah. day. Yeah. So I would need breaks. And the best thing about the school was that there was always Martin Luther King day or an in-service yeah. day. And so that was, I never called in. I, I was like a model employee because they gave me half yeah. a day or a full day or a four day weekend yeah. on the regs. So it was good. Absolutely. And I guess, I guess, you know, this all ties into my life. <laughs> um, but, but one of, one of the, you know, things that I tend to try to live my life by is that everything's going to be all right. Shut it with your worries. What are you doing? <laughs> and like that is that is like a hundred percent true all the time. Even yeah. if you end up, even if you end up homeless, right? <laughs> You're not dead. Like it's okay. Emily. <laughs> I mean, even if you pee your pants on stage, hey, you didn't poop them. Well, right. 
<laughs> but that's always true, right? What's the worst that can happen? But not even the worst. Like yeah. <laughs> the second like, worst. Like if you're like, if you're like, oh, this is just the worst. It can always be worse. Trust me. <laughs> is is that a not to get all whatever, but is that a pessimistic view or an optimistic view? Because I, I view it as optimistic. optimistic. Say, yeah. It, well, it could always get worse. Even though some people might say yeah. that's looking like glass half empty. Sometimes I think I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? I never end up doing the one thing I wanted. Okay, I wanted to be an ice skater when I was younger. Fun fact, never ice skated. I have never ice skated. I'm oh, terrified. Let's I'm, go. Emily, I'm telling you, you do not want to be seen with me ice skating. Oh it's, my God. it's not good. Yeah, um, absolutely. But it's like the worst that could happen is that I never become an Olympian ice skater. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's not even the worst. The worst that could happen is that I die. But so, you know, maybe yeah. I just got a... In an ice skating Zamboni accident? What do you mean you die? <laughs> maybe. I don't, I don't know. I'm just... You're, you're doing a bad example. The... Why did you want to be an ice skater? I... I think what they do is so beautiful, but mostly it's because I would watch the ice skaters and I would think that they were bad. Like I would watch <laughs> the Olympics and I would be like, why are they making that. faces? Like why? Like <laughs> you started directing them. Well, yeah. yes, yes. No one wants to watch the Olympics with me because I start correcting people. I'm like, yeah. why? Why the ice skaters? This is no offense to any Olympic ice skaters if they're listening, but it's like some what they're doing is so hard that they have. They, <laughs> what they're doing is so hard that they have to focus on like the physics. They have to focus on stuff, and I would sit there and I was like ten, and I was like. Why aren't they acting? Why aren't they in it? But of course they're in it. Like yeah. they're, and the judges were like, "Wow, that was amazing." But I'm like, "That that wasn't." And that's when you found out you wanted to direct. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be an ice. Skating I want coach. more from them. <laughs> yes, yes. I can't. Then you talk to Chris. You're like, <laughs> I think I want to direct in high school. <laughs> well, we have we have a bit of a game. Uh, yes. It can touch on life experience, I guess. Yes. But uh, Chris, we'd love to give you some. You mentioned some... the human condition, and that yeah, involves we... growing up. We'd like to give you some some vocab uh, oh. from three different categories: uh, teen slang, Scottish slang, and Harry Potter slang. Um, right. And we'd like you to give your best guess about which category it fits in and what you think the definition is. Okay, I think I understand. Okay, okay. Right. Emily, do you wanna go first? Sure. Okay, so this word is acid pops. Can you spell that? Acid, A-C-I-D? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pods? Pops. Pops. I'll give you a sentence example. Okay. Look, there's some acid pops. No, that's not. <laughs> Can I have the etymology of the word, please? No. Um, no. <laughs> um, I want to say it's kids putting acid in popsicles, and it's a kid thing, but this is Crystal Lake, so I'm going to say it's a Harry Potter thing. It Yes, it is. It's it's wizarding sweets that burns hole that burn holes in your tongue. Ah, yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, flitterin. 
<laughs> not flinch or in. Can you spell it? F L F F L I C H T E R I N. Apostrophe. <laughs> um, for example, damn, that sugar glider be flitterin'. I've never heard of it. I'll go Scottish. Wow. Okay. <laughs> You're doing really that's good. A half, that's, that's a half point. What do you think it means? Uh, I don't even know what a sugar glider is. Um, it's um, it's on fleek. <laughs> <laughs> the Scottish version of on fleek. That's, that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, okay. It means. You're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I. <laughs> but it, but it, but it means soft fluttering, as in the wings of a butterfly, or the uh -huh. flame of a candle. Okay, our, our next piece of trivia. <clears throat> She's gonna know this one. High key. As in high key, I am very in love with my neighbor's poodle. And he knows it because it's high key. Everybody knows it, right? As opposed to low key. Uh, <gasps> kind of. Okay. Like high key meaning you like the dog too much? Like you're extra about it? I guess it can also be used like that because we both uh wait, do you want to take a guess at the category? Oh, teen slang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like a lot of people use low key, high key. Like low key, I kind of like that. Like on the down low, I kind of like that versus mm -hmm. high key obviously meaning like to be honest, I really like that. But I yeah. use it in sentences where it's like a guilty pleasure. Where it's like, high key, I like my 600 pound life. <laughs> high key, I watch my 600 pound life very often. Um, our next piece, <clears throat> galleon. Galleon. I don't know. I, I'm, my brain is going galley like a ship. I'm just going to say Scottish. It's Harry Potter. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it is the, uh, okay. Emily picked the Harry Potter terms. She has never read Harry Potter. I, so I, it's very I barely watched the movies. The Galleon is a big giant gold coin. Um, a bigger uh -huh. Harry Potter fan could tell you how much it is worth and what it is interchangeable. To me, it just represents it's either $1 or $10, but they, they don't have cash, they have coins. So I assume it's like $10, but. So only used on Diagon Alley or whatever to buy something and then, yeah. or that big bank that the, all the trolls. The Gringotts Bank. Yeah, yeah, Gringotts Bank, okay. Or when they're like trying to decide something, they're like, let's flip a galleon. Okay. <laughs> I think they might be the same on both sides, but. That's just the Lego piece. <laughs> Our next piece is piece. Um, P-I-E-C-E. -E. Um, and, and the sentence is, it would be Gucci if you could high key sauce me that piece, comma, no cap. <laughs> um, a gun? <laughs> I keep sauce me that piece. Sauce me that, as in sauce. as in what you would dip your cotton. Oh, in. sauce me. Okay, sauce. Well, well, first off, is it teeny? Oh, slang? sauce me that piece. That's that would be like a food then. 
no. So wait, is it? Do you think it's teen slash youth slang, Scottish slang, or okay. Harry Potter? Um, that was all teen slang in the sentence, so I'd say mm. teen slang. Okay, wrong. Okay, but, I, but but we successfully tricked you. You did. Yeah. I was maniacally laughing as I was typing that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so much for context. I should have known. You finally had a sentence worth it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're right about food, though. It is it's, a piece. It's actually a pie. Got playing, and it's for a sandwich. Ah. I don't know. You did pretty good, though. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know your Scottish Harry Potter kids. <laughs> Well, you all keep me you know, in the know on that kind of stuff. Right, right, guys right. say things, and then I go, what's that mean to my stage yeah. crew? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love that show. We've got a, a new game this week that we're replacing one of our favorite audience segments with a game we like to call Vague Time with Fur Elise Time. Um, uh. <laughs> that's, that's right. In this next section, Vague Time with Fur Elise Time, Becca will ask everyone a very specific question that we all must answer to the best of our ability. I will then invite the man who plays, who buys rose art colored pencils for his grown children, Stacy's mom, onto the show. His job is to listen to our answers without knowing the question that was asked and take his best guess on what the question was. If he's wrong, he will never know the question asked of us and the impending desire to know the context of our answers will consume his very soul until there's virtually nothing left. If he wins, Becca and I will submit his name to the NASA space program for civilians because the best gifts are surprise gifts that send you to space while you'll never be heard from again. <laughs> I love the idea. <laughs> nice. Space programs to like send civilians to the moon or something like in case there's ever like a nuclear explosion yeah. or something and we all get shipped off in space shuttles that it would be surprised like mm. just, nasa turns up at his door one day and they're like sir we're we're here to recruit you and he's like what <laughs> and then he's just gone he's he's been abducted by nasa <laughs> not aliens NASA. yeah okay now now before we bring jesse's girl on we need to talk about the question for him this week um which is which folklore storybook monster is based on Jesse's girl? Yes. So, Come on Eileen has a very strange childhood. We've talked about it before. Yes. Um, we talked about how old he is through the decades. You know, how many times right. he's time traveled, how many places he's lived, how many decades he's survived. Right. Um, and it automatically connects in my brain to... BuzzFeed Unsolved, all the mysteries you read out about as a kid, like the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. And I just, Craig, I feel like he could be mistaken for Bigfoot at some time. I feel right. like he could be mistaken for Krampus. Like, I just think that there is a monster out there that people have thought, oh my gosh, that must be a winged creature of death. Right, like it's a bird. It's winged. A and they also said winged creature yeah. of death. They're, they're yeah. all like, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Black Betty. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, Absolutely. just in my brain, I'm definitely thinking of one specific timeless creature 
that Craig could be. You know, there's one in the back right. of my head. Yeah. Yeah, I too, I too have have something that I'm, I'm frankly, I'm not sure anyone really other than Becca can relate to. I I I don't know. Uh, but before we disclose our answers to each other, I'm gonna invite Mary, did you know, onto the call. And and we're gonna get discussed. I don't even have an answer yet. Well, okay. <laughs> we never do. Yeah, I, I said I do, but I, I don't. <laughs> All right. Okay, and with our discussion concluded, we'd like to welcome the man who outpizzas the hut, Billy Jean. Hey, Jude. Um, before you speak, before you speak, um, we're censoring your name for safety concerns, so we'll be referring to you as Eleanor Rigby. Um, how are you today? <laughs> I, I'm good. I, I just got done picking up all the rice at the church, so... Um, what? Nice. He's <laughs> looking too far into it. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't read too far into it. It's because of concerns that uh, someone expressed last week well, about that. Things. That brings me to the to the title of your show, the low bar. I just want you to know that uh, uh, the district has now been made aware of your presence, and I got a memo <laughs> from legal. Uh, mm -hmm. Do Do you want me to read it? Yeah. yeah. All right. It's three paragraphs long. Okay. So they, they said that um, we well, should be Well, don't milk it. Just air. read it then. Okay. It yeah. says... Yeah, just uh, read it to us. Legal accusations are very important to us, so... Yeah. yeah. Community High School District 155 would like to make it clear that the opinions stated on this podcast do not necessarily represent the opinions of the district nor its policies. We would like to make it clear that we do not endorse the disparaging of any person, regardless of racial, ethnic, religious, gender, or clown status. Paragraph two, uh, we want to offer our sincerest apologies to Mr. Ridley Scott for calling him Scott Ridley. <laughs> and that was my favorite. That was my favorite. Oh my yeah. God, I love that so much. And then lastly, um, this one's serious. In the event that Mr. Kingston is ever found dead on the stage with multiple stab wounds in his abdomen, we recognize it, that it would in no way possibly be the work of Becca and Emily because they prefer to stab Mr. Kingston in the back. Ah, mystery solved. Um, and here's my response, word for word. I'm typing it as I speak. Uh, Dear District 155, we have been made aware of your concerns. We would like to say that we now have one German viewer and one British viewer. <laughs> so everything you just said is negated because we are international, baby. You're yeah. multinational. We are international. And, and that's just, and that's not the exchange students. <laughs> it might just be Willem. Plot twist. Yeah, I think it's Willem. <laughs> Also, was that three? That was very short. Three paragraphs. Yeah. Well, the second one was only one sentence, but it was oh, important. You're an English teacher. Oh, run it was important. Oh, I'm sorry. You're an English teacher, Delilah. <laughs> hey, hey there, there. Delilah. I forgot. I forgot. You're trying. You're trying to protect me. 
under <laughs> your request, might I add. Under your request, yeah. We, we don't want to be doing this. This is Sorry to expose is... you on the podcast like this, but you are the one who raised those concerns. Yeah. Hey. Um... Hey, honey. You got nothing. I was just saying hi. It's nice to be to have to see at least one friendly face on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's good that I'm here, right? <laughs> that was not our intention. I'll be very clear about that. How how did it go? Did you guys have fun? It sounded like I heard some laughing and some. Wow! Then some you misheard. You, you misheard. Yeah, you that mis- was crying, honey. Yeah, that was crying. You have emotional dysmorphia. That was crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on. Give me the. Give me your answers. I am ready okay. for this game. Are you ready, run around, Sue? Let's do this. <clears throat> okay, I will give my answer first. <clears throat> Megalodon. My my answer is Tree Man from Monster Calls. Mine is um, the Abominable Snowman. Okay. Well, so first of all, I do uh, appreciate being called every woman's name that is in a song title or lyric. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I think the question at hand is obvious. What monster or animal uh, did Little Craggy play with during tub time when he was a toddler? <laughs> That's gross. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Bucko, that was a hilarious response. <laughs> Wait, I got it? Nope. No, of course not. That was Get out of here, Mrs. Robinson. Oh, we know too old. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Sorry, folks. He was wrong again, which, you know what? It's good for us because um, I, I have to confide in you, Emily. I have to confide something to you. Um, oh. I made up the NASA space program for civilians. It doesn't exist. Wait, let me clarify oh. because the way I just said it made it sounds like I made up NASA, which is not true. Um, uh, Al Gore did that. Uh, I made up the NASA space program for civilians. There is no program for civilians yet. But hopefully, yeah. by mentioning right. on the podcast, NASA, mm-hmm. we will get their attention and they will create it just for Craig Kingston. Because you know what's more embarrassing than shipping Craig off to the moon and he doesn't know about it? Craig being the only civilian that gets chosen. So he's just on a <laughs> ship by himself in the middle right. of nowhere. Well, we'd like to thank our guest, Chris, for speaking to us today. And we'd also like to thank our international listeners. That's right. You're out there. We're here. We, we see you. We see you. Please don't leave. Yeah, try to email us. We're not going to tell you the email, but, you know, figure it out. Take a wild guess at what, Take a wild guess at what the email might be. Uh, next week, or as we like to call it, manana, we'll be sending a laugh leak to collect data on how many calories someone like your mother eats in a day. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's alarming. This has been The Low Bar. 
with Becca and Emily. <laughs> I hope we set the bar low and we'll be back next week to further derail your expectations. <laughs>